You're listening to the Nerd Yogi Podcast, sharing natural ways to boost your well-being with a sprinkle of mystic and the big coating of science. And I'm your host, Virginie Ferguson, founder and yoga teacher at clanyogis.com. Also mother of two, science nerd and positivity advocate. I hail people who always thought they could never do yoga, level up on their health and well-being using yogic tools backed by science. Hello and welcome to episode number two of the Nerd Yogi podcast. So in today's episode, I'm going to talk about back bends or spinal extensions. So when you, you put your head back and you press your chest forward, you're going into a back extension and their effects on the body. So you may have noticed that when you practice back bends or heart openers, as they are often called in yoga, or again to use anatomical terms, extension of the spine, you feel energized. And yoga back bends are generally used to, uh, amongst other things, to stimulate the manipura chakra or the solar plexus chakra. So this chakra is associated with qualities of clarity, self-confidence, self-assurance, willpower, and with the element of fire. So why are we feeling fired up after we stimulate that chakra? Chakras, the word itself in Sanskrit means wheel. So they're often described as a wheel or vortex um, where energy converge. And this is where in body, in, in the subtle body, so if we look at the pranayama kosha, so that's energetic body. This is where the nadis, so the energy channels, meet. So for the seven main chakras, they are point where the Edda and the Pingala cross over each other over the Shushumna nadi. So these are the three main energy channels in the body. So the Shushumna being basically your spine. So it runs from the root of your spine all the way up to the crown of your head. And and then Pingala start and stop at the same place. But we kind of go to the side and cross each other over the Shushumna at those points we which we are calling the, the chakras. So in Winston terms and kind of anatomical or science term I could see chakras are plexuses. So that means they are centers where nails and blood vessels, etc. converge. So I turn to anatomy, obviously, to understand what were those nerves converging here. And so I came across the splanchnic nerves. So the splanchnic nerves are both sympathetic and parasympathetic. So remember your sympathetic nervous system, part of the autonomous nervous system, which you don't consciously control. The sympathetic being that part that accelerates things in your body and is responsible for that fight, flight, 
stress response. And your parasympathetic being the side that counteracts that and just brings back calmness and, and slow things down in your body. So the splanchnic nerves are both sympathetic and parasympathetic. And they are also both afferent and efferent. So they have both afferent and efferent pathways, which means they are communicating, transmitting information from the brain to the organs. So that's the efferent pathway. That So to the organs that they innovate, as well as feeding back sensory information from those organs to the brain. So that's the afferent pathway. They leave the spinal cord in different places. They leave the thoracic spine. So as the name suggests, the part of your spine that is in between your neck and your, your lumbar area, so your lower back. They also leave the lumbar spine and the sacrum to go all the way down to the pelvic floor. And what's interesting is it's only the pelvic floor's planktonic nerve endings that are parasympathetic, that relax everything else. Everything else that they innovate are supplied by sympathetic nerve endings, so that's stimulation. So if we go back to our back bending or spine extension, that mainly happens in the cervical and the lumbar region. And that back extension is very limited in the thoracic spine. So any kind of extension comes from the cervical spine. You know, you can tilt your head all the way back. And when you're practicing back bend, you can feel it in, in your lower back. So this is that lumbar region of the spine that really, really bends. So does that mean that when we back bend, actually, well, maybe putting a little bit of pressure in that thoracic spine region or stimulating that region a little bit more than where there's more freedom of movement through the lumbar and cervical spine. So again, if we look at the thoracic nerves, they come through the celiac plexus. So that's the anatomical term for basically your solar plexus, which is your Manipura chakra. So from there, I turn to look at what organs um, they were going to innervate. And they are the liver the gallbladder, pancreas, spleen, and the adrenal gland. So I thought, you know, thinking of, of the latter, um, I thought the adrenal gland was quite interesting because, as the name suggests, they produce adrenaline. So, like, your master of the fight-flight orchestra, you know, Adrenaline rush, we all know this, you know, you just feel pumped up, you're ready to, you could just run for miles straight away, you're just, you're there ready for action. So, by stimulating our Manipura chakra and our splanchnic nails, are we then stimulating our adrenal glands, which could explain, you know, why we feel such a boost and that we're ready to, to take on the world? And effects described by a younger in his book, Light on Yoga. He says that giving one great energy, vitality, and a feeling of lightness. So that is pretty much there and whereabouts how he described the effects of every back bend in, in his book. 
And then I was thinking of all the other organs and, and their functions. The liver, with over its 500 vital functions, you know, regulating chemicals in the blood, having a vital role in metabolism by storing excess glucose, so the sugar that your muscles, your brain needs, so that sugar that is used as energy by all your cells in your body. So when there's excess glucose in the blood, the liver just stores it as a different molecule, it transforms it into glycogen and is stored. And when your body needs that glucose again, it turns back glycogen into glucose and releases it into the blood. And your liver also secretes bile, which is then stored by the gallbladder, which also helps breaking down fat. Your pancreas produces digestive enzymes and a set of hormones, and your spleen helps fighting infection in blood with white blood cells and filters your blood at night, removing any damaged red blood cells, petlets, all that sort of stuff. So it keeps your blood in good condition. And so with all these metabolic and cleansing functions, I thought about what we often hear in yoga about twists that they help detoxify. Now often it's explained almost as a mechanical effect, as in wringing out the organs, like you're wringing out a towel. So now there may be some sort of truth in that, and I, I don't know, it's obviously we're lacking a little bit of the scientific studies in, in this field, but if we consider the fascia, so the, that connective tissues run through your whole body, cover all your body, and the fact that we know it has got a quality it's of its ability to stimulate cells by mechanical pressure alone, and I'll cover that, I'll cover all the fascia in, in the subsequent episode, but there might be a little bit of truth in that if we consider the fascia. But anyway... So I did a little digging and found a study on rats where they stimulated the thoracic splanchnic nerves. And the results were that they noticed a reduced food intake, an increase in metabolism, and their body composition improved with a better lean-to-fat ratio. So that makes you think, like... Twists such as Arda Matsyandrasana, which is half lord of the fishes. I know, big mouthful, right? <laughs> which the effects are described again by Yanga and Light on Yoga as the liver and the spleen are contracted and so are toned and seized to be sluggish. The intestines also benefit from this asana. Its effects will be less on lean persons. So in some more advanced variation of that pose also, Younger also mentions that it helps digest food and eliminate toxins. So is this what yoga masters over the years, over thousands of years, had observed that you're actually able to stimulate your metabolism as you practice those twists? So let's practice a couple of poses here and see if we can notice this effect. Um, obviously, if we want to practice twists and see the effect on its metabolism, we might not notice that straight away. But at least I can give you one to practice and then why not try it over time and see if it makes any difference to you. 
So we'll start with a gentle back bend. So come to a comfortable seat. So you may be sitting on that chair just now or maybe come to the floor. And once you are seated, take a deep breath in to send your head floating up towards the sky. Lengthen that spine. As you exhale, bring the hands behind your back, interlacing the fingers. Take another deep breath in here, bring the belly button in. And as you exhale, try to straighten the arms behind you if you can. But mainly squeeze your shoulder blades towards each other. Squeeze those shoulders back, opening up the chest, sending it shining towards the sky. Send your gaze up. Stay there, belly button in, and keep breathing deeply for another five breaths. Maybe as you feel the chest gently opening, with each exhale, see if you can squeeze the shoulders back a little bit more. Deep breaths. Friend and out through the nose. Take another deep inhale and exhale to release the arms and return to neutral. So how do you feel now? To practice half lord of the fishes, let's come to seat on the floor and legs stretched out in front of you. Bring something to sit on if you need a little cushion or just to bring a little bit of height if you feel a little bit tight on the armstrings or on the back of the legs. Keep a slight bend in the knees as well if you need to. Send the sit bones lightly back and down, sinking down. Deep connection with the ground. Take a deep breath into a long get the spine. Let your head float up towards the sky. Breathe out, bring the belly button in. Breathe in again and bend one leg and bring the knee close to your chest. Breathe out to hug your knee, bring your arms round. Breathe in again to lengthen through the spine, as if creating space between each vertebrae. And breathe out as you twist towards the same side as your bent leg. Letting your opposite arm slide down your bent leg or keep it round your knee. And letting your other hand release to the floor behind you for support. Breathe in to create space. Breathe out. Gently twist a little further, sending your gaze behind you if that feels okay. Stay here for another four breaths. Each inhale lengthening, each exhale gently letting go of any resistance to the twist. Breathe in deeply in and out through the nose with big belly breaths. Relax the shoulders and soften your face. Use your last exhale to unravel the body and then you can repeat it on the other side. 
So I hope you found this uh, episode interesting. And as always, I will pop in the links to those different studies that I've looked at, if you're interested, in the show notes. This episode was sponsored by Yoga Legs. Yoga Legs is a small UK-based company run by two mums who make astounding leggings, as well as harem pants and tops. I have over 10 pairs, so I know what I'm talking about. And as a listener of the Nerd Yogi podcast, you get 20% off your order online. To get your discount code, go to clanyogis.com slash yoga legs. Yoga and double G for legs. This was the Nerd Yogi podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to subscribe, leave a review or comment on your favorite platform. And if you would like to start your yoga journey today, head over to clanyogis.com and sign up to my free 30-day membership, where you can get access to my free-day yoga for stress relief program and over 15 yoga classes. Thanks so much for listening, and I will be back in two weeks with a new episode. Namaste.